is believing in Jesus like wearing vision-enhancing glasses through the beautiful music and you've been prepared to put them on for a little while and and you, then you go out into real life and it's a little bit depressing until you come back to church and you're giving a new excitement. Always believing in Jesus, finally seeing clearly 2020 vision. Welcome to the God-Centered Life with Josh Moody Weekend Edition. Colossians in the focus as we continue our 2020 vision series today. Josh Moody is Senior Pastor of College Church in Wheaton, Illinois. My name is Todd Bastide. Thanks for joining us for the study today. Josh, we're continuing our Flow series with previous visits to fellowship and learning, and today it's the letter O. Josh, how does today's Colossians passage support our acronym? Right. So today is focused on outreach, so the the O uh, for outreach, and this Colossians passage is uh, one of my favorite passages on outreach, actually really taken, inspired for me by a, a particular sermon I once heard uh, from a British preacher called Dick Lucas on this passage. And I've always, since that, used this passage to teach on outreach. So it's the O of outreach. Well, let's jump in. This is going to be the fourth chapter of Colossians, verses 2 through 6. Here's Josh. Well, my friends, good morning. We're here this this day to talk about outreach. Outreach is one of our four core values. So at the beginning of this 150th anniversary year, we have a special emphasis all year on celebrating the past and looking forward to the future. And we're emphasizing that with our our 2020 vision of the God-centered gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed in us as a church and through us to the world by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. That God-centered vision then drives all that we do and is furthered through our four core values, fellowship, learning, outreach, and worship. I confess that I find outreach as difficult as most people. But as I've thought about it this week again, it seems to me that we can make it feel too difficult when really it is fairly simple. There are answers to know how to reach out to people. There are ways that we can be equipped to answer questions that people have about the Christian faith. Now, you may be one of those with questions whether you are new to the Christian things or whether experiences in your life have brought up fresh questions. And so I want to begin by emphasizing that in our view, telling people about Jesus must not be manipulative, harsh, or controlling. Evangelism is not the same as proselytism. Outreach is not the same as a really good sales job. In fact, church history is littered with the impact of people who have attempted to reach out to others in ways that are violent or manipulative. But the New Testament way is very different from that. 
It is a church-based evangelism, such as Paul describes here in Colossians chapter 4 and verses 2 to 6. Hear God's word. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So here we are in Wheaton. Wheaton is a city of, what, 50,000? Western suburbs of Chicago, how many people in that area? A million or so? Chicago, what is that, 10 million? No one knows. We live in Wheaton, we got 50,000. We don't know, you know. (laughs) The United States of America. 350 million. The continent of America. The world. Billions and billions of people. You hear the voices and the sounds, the music blurring together as you step back and back. You go past the moon, the sun, Mars, past the Voyager space ships, and back to the edge of the galaxy. Outreach will make no sense at all. I could tell you all the right things to say in response to all the difficult questions. I could give you really good conversation starters. We could provide you with perfect tools for outreach, all good things. Outreach will make no sense until we go even further back and realize that Jesus is supreme over it all. This passage in Colossians chapter 4 is filled with, I think, some of the most helpful pieces of advice in the Bible for working people trying to figure out how to do outreach in the context of everyday life. But chapter 4 comes after 3 and after 2 and after 1, that is, at the application point of a great big picture. 
Look at chapter 1. And verse 15. He, that is, Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. What does that mean? It means, if you want to know what God is like, where do you look? Jesus. Anyone who describes God in a way that does not look like Jesus, as described in the Bible, in the Gospels, is not describing God. That's what that means. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. What does that mean? He tells us, for, this is what it means, for by him all things were created. He is not created, but through him and by him all things were created. In heaven, that is, the universe, and on earth, visible and invisible, physical and spiritual, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. So you think of the most powerful person you can imagine, and Jesus is in charge of it all. All things were created through him. Here's the kicker. And for him. If you're feeling that your life has no meaning, it may be God's way of trying to get you to realize again that you are designed not for that or this or the other but for him. The closer you are to realizing that, the closer you will be to meaning. That's the kicker. For him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In other words, he didn't just start this universe like a ball rolling. He is constantly holding it all together by the power of his word. Puts a whole different perspective on sin, doesn't it? When we sin, we are actually sinning somehow with the very energy, not just that Jesus created, but with the energy that he is upholding. Josh, we'll take a look at how the church fits into this conversation in just a moment. But first, I wanted to let you know that you're listening to Josh Moody, Senior Pastor of College Church located in Wheaton. We've got past programs available at our website, which is GodCenteredLife.org. There's other resources there as well and an opportunity for you to connect with us. We'd love to have you visit there. Back into Colossians now for the time being, though. Here's Josh. Where does the church fit into this? The church is at the heart of his vision. And he is the head of the body. What is the body? Here it is. The church. You want to look for the place where God is investing his dearest and most precious 
resources. Who did he send his son to die for? The church. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. That is, he died and rose again. The firstborn, because those who believe in him will rise again. No more fear of death. If you're frightened of death, what you need to do is to look at the resurrection. It's not just his resurrection, if you're a Christian, it's yours. The firstborn from among the dead. Why? So that he's supreme. That in everything he might be preeminent. Now do you want to hear about outreach? I heard uh, someone the other day use an illustration from the movie Avatar. Maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't. You probably heard of it. The movie Avatar is meant to be watched in 3D, of course. And this person used the illustration saying that faith is like putting on the 3D glasses. Now you can see, and there's probably something to that. But when I heard that illustration that I found helpful, I came back thinking to myself, yeah, I I get that. Faith is like putting on the 3D glasses so now you can see the, the long tails and the blue figures. I get that. But is that actually right? In other words, is faith getting an enhanced view of life? Now, of course, the idea in the producer of the movie is that really they were three-dimensional, these beings, and so you're seeing it as it is, but it's all in front of green screens or blue screens or whatever the color is these days, and it's computer-generated. So I understood the illustration, and I think it's true to some extent, but is it really like getting an enhanced view of life? Or is faith actually like seeing things as they really are? So when Jesus healed the blind and then taught in the context of the Pharisees who were questioning him that believing in him was like seeing. Or when he healed the deaf so that they might hear and then said in other contexts, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That to me seems the other way around. When I believe in Jesus, is that is believing in Jesus like wearing vision-enhancing glasses? You've come to church this morning, and the show is on, and I don't have a blue tail, and you've been handed vision-enhancing glasses through the beautiful music, and you've been prepared to put them on for a little while, and and you, then you go out into real life and it's a little bit depressing and, you know, and then you, you go on a downward spiral until you come back to church and you're giving a new excitement. Is that what it's like? Always believing in Jesus, finally seeing at all? Seeing clearly. 
2020 vision. When I live life without the assumption that Jesus is supreme over everything, am I like an uneducated, backwards, ancient aboriginal who thinks that that hole in the ground in his cave literally goes down to the underworld? Or like an, a modern, irresponsible industrialist who thinks that polluting the environment with toxic wastes like some scene from the nuclear power plant of The Simpsons makes no difference. In other words, am I living out of step with reality if I don't believe in Jesus? And if I believe in Jesus instead, am I like someone who has come out of a darkened room and stumbled around quite a lot and bumped into a few things and the door opens and I blink Oh, that's how life is. I've taken the glasses off, the shades off, the blinkers off, the blindness has gone, and now I see. To believe in Jesus is not to wear 3D faith spectacles. To believe in Jesus is not entering a fantasy world I think it's leaving the world of fantasy and embracing reality. That doesn't make it worse, it makes it better. I don't know whether you've ever been to the Niagara Falls, you know, the big bit of water that is half in America, half in Canada, right? The Niagara Falls. We have some relatives in Canada, and so we've been through Niagara a number of times. It catches you unawares. <laughs> there you are driving along in your, in, in your car, and you, you sort of drive around. You're thinking, is this ever going to occur? I've heard about this water. I can't see it. I'm just driving through a town. And you drive around and drive around a corner, and there it is, somewhat Suddenly. That's reality. Untold volumes of water gushing right before you. Sparkling rainbows through the, the air because of the water and the light. That's truth. Not computer-generated blue men with long legs and even longer tails. A wild rapids ride through the experience of life. A visit to a sick bed so that you can say sorry and they can say I forgive you. The risk of relationship where you clutch hands with a loved one. A friendship. I get the point of that illustration, and I'm not 
I'm not coming down against it. I'm just thinking about it with you. In other words, Jesus is supreme whether I believe it or not. Absolutely everything was made by him and for him. That's how to get meaning. He is Lord of all and before him all will bow. Whether now by willing joyful faith that is my prayer for all of us. Or in acknowledged admission before the throne of judgment. It is this reality the truth of the gospel, proclaiming the gospel, that is the why of outreach, without which knowing how makes very little sense. That's Josh Moody, and this is The God-Centered Life. All right, quoting here, outreach is not a really good sales program. So uh, it kind of feels like we're saying that instead of prepping a rock-solid evangelistic pitch, we should continue to concentrate on developing our relationship with God. Yeah, you know, Todd, this has been an important part of my whole approach to ministry. I remember when I was at Cambridge, a Christian leader who was trying to mentor me came up to me and said, uh, Josh, you need to understand that when you're in ministry, you're in sales. Hmm. And at the time, I thought, no, I'm not. And I still think, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in sales. I'm, I'm, I'm presenting truth. I'm not here to sell you, Jesus. It's not, Jesus is not for sale. I'm presenting the lordship of Christ, his beauty, his love. It's a totally different model. So, I, I, yeah, outreach isn't a really good sales uh, pitch. Sales is about numbers, but conversion is about transformation of every right, aspect. Right, right. It's, it's like not so a product. Much more. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is not a product you're selling. He's a person. It's more like introducing yourself to a friend. Than the, you know, if you have a friend you want someone to meet, you don't say, I'm selling you my friend. Hmm, right, exactly. So, yeah. All right, here's a quote. When we sin, we do so with energy that he not only created but is upholding. And you challenge us to develop an, a new understanding of sin, which is uh, fascinating. So it, it's actually a sense that we're using a gift against the giver of that gift. Yeah, that's exactly right. I get that thought from uh, my study on Edwards, who has in various places this, this idea about God continually not only upholding all creation, but constantly, actually, he thought, recreating, which is a, a somewhat strange idea that was embedded in his thought. But the point is, at a practical level, we can sometimes think that sin is sort of, uh, you know, God's out there, I'm here, and I'm doing what I want with my things, but actually God is totally involved in everything that is happening. And the very breath that I breathe, the, the, the beat of my heart is all part of his constant working and that certainly makes our rebellion seem uh, more heinous. It does cause one to pause. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Thanks so much for that, Josh. Well, when you think of outreach, I know I come from a history where it was, let's just say, awarded points. There was a sense of responsibility. You had to do it. 
Now, of course, as I came under better teaching, I realized that grace goes counter to that sense of legalism. And that's kind of the core of the discussion that Sinclair Ferguson takes on in his book, Worthy, Living in Light of the Gospel. It's our offer this month. We'd love to send it your way. It's a fantastic, accessible guide to theology around grace and works. GodCenteredLife.org is our website. If you're able to swing by and share a gift with us of any amount, we'll gladly send this book your way from Sinclair Ferguson. Once again, it's called Worthy Living in the Light of the Gospel. And in the process, you'll be helping us continue this ministry. Our web address again, GodCenteredLife.org. When we get together next time, we're being exhorted to be ready. He does not tell these hardworking Colossians, the businessmen, the cleaners, the CEOs, those who are working, to initiate opportunities. He tells them to respond to opportunities. Continuing our 2020 Vision Series when we get together next time. One more reminder, resources available for you at GodCenteredLife.org, and this is your warm invitation. To join us next time, we get together right here on the God-Centered Life with Josh Moody, Weekend Edition.